What is up, everybody? Adrian M. Gibson here. What you're about to hear is the audio version of a live author panel recorded during TBRCon 2024. The latest edition of FanFiatic's all-virtual annual science fiction, fantasy, and horror convention, which streamed live between January 21st and January 28th, 2024. FanFiatic and TBRCon had the pleasure of hosting 25 amazing author panels, and we're so happy to be able to provide the audio for you for free here on the podcast feed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this fantastic TBRCon 2024 author panel. Hi, everybody. This is actually only, it looks like the second panel uh, for the TBRCon 2024. And uh, it's called Finding a Cover Artist and Designer um, with uh, some people, some good people. Thank God, because you won't learn anything from me. Um, so why don't we uh, start just by, uh, with some introductions. Let's start with uh, Isaac. Who are you? Thanks, Dirk. Uh, and why are you here? Sure. That's an interesting question. So I'm a new author um, coming out with my first book, The Dragon Legion, uh, in a couple of months. And I guess I'm here to be the uh, the new person in the gang. Okay. Um, and you have your debut coming out soon, correct? Is that what you just said, or did I miss that part? That's yeah, awesome. so hopefully coming out in March or April. Okay, so you're uh, you'll have a good perspective on uh, a new author having to go through the process of finding a getting a cover done, finding an artist and designer from the very first fresh perspective. Um, can everybody hear me? Okay. Yeah. Apparently my uh, apparently my mic was muted for a little bit. Um, okay. Alyssa. Hey. Um, so I'm an illustrator working in the San Francisco Bay area. Uh, my day job is doing, um, Google doodle illustrations and my cool night job, my freelance job is doing cover illustrations for fantasy and sci-fi books. So I would assume that part is why I'm here, um, to have a little bit on the art side. How, how many book covers have you done? Do you think? Mm, I think last I counted, maybe around 20 now. Not all of them have come out, though. Okay. So I'd say still early, but, you know, done some. Nice. Uh, Rachel. Hey. Um, yeah, I am Rachel, obviously. Um, I'm here because I'm an artist. Um, I do cover art and typography art and a little bit of design work as well. Uh, in the last year, I've worked on quite a few Kickstarter special editions. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Cool. Do you have any examples lying around next to you within reach? Because your stuff is beautiful. The, um, the so only one that I have within reach. Is uh, same same with uh, you, Casey or Alyssa. I should have said something like that, right? In the uh, In the initial email, but I didn't. Um, but I don't know, uh, 
Rachel's work from this, the beautiful foil designs she's done on, yes. a, on quite a few projects that I've seen, and they're amazing. I actually have that one. <laughs> a lot of the projects that I'm in right now are still working their way through the process, so I don't have any of them to hand. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, I have that. Obviously, I done Pale Kings and the written for Ben, first of all. So yeah. that's sort of what got me started in doing all this. So yeah. Right. Hold hold that up again. That is so, so gorgeous. That's the actual foil stamp on the front of that hardback yeah. book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, Casey? Hello, um, I'm Casey Gerber. I have been in the arts and entertainment industry for about 10 years. Um, I started as an art teacher and then I got a degree in industrial design. So I have some graphic design, a lot of illustration. Um, when I do book covers, I do full service um, illustration and graphic design. Um, I've done about 90 independent book projects. Um, I currently work as a graphic designer for WWE Supercard. That's a mobile game, and I've also worked at Wizards of the Coast on Magic the Gathering. Um, so yeah, happy to be here. I'm not currently doing any freelance work, um, mainly just focusing on my day job, but it's nice to come and provide some perspective. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Um, that that reminds me, uh, there, are, there are artists who strictly do the illustration, and then there are designers who mostly do strictly the typography and and design and layout for the covers um but you do both and there are others that do both you also do both rachel yeah i also do the typography as well as the design okay how about you Alyssa? do you i'm large the illustration side i do a lot of yeah. type of my day job but nobody's asked me for that for the rest yeah. of the time so. actually all the artists that i worked with uh do just the illustration then i get someone else to to do the typography and layout and the design work and last but not least michael r fletcher uh hi that's me uh so i have i guess lost that new writer smell and, uh, <laughs> replaced it with old writer smell uh, um, <laughs> i've got i don't know three completed trilogies three or four other books and my daughter has been making fun of my artistic skills since her first crayon. So I am not an artist. And, you, and you've got a project coming out that is a collaboration with your daughter, who's what, 14 now? Uh, 13. 13 now? Yeah. yeah. yeah That's she, awesome. She did all the illustrations and uh, it's with my agent right now. We'll see what happens with it. Okay. Cool. That's, that sounds like fun. And could be trad pubbed. Fancy. Who knows? Okay. Um, all right. So I know that uh, when I first wrote uh, Paternus, my first book, I had zero idea. Um, and, you know, I was going, I didn't know what I, I went and looked at. I didn't know if it was, if it was modern fantasy, if it was, or if it was um, urban fantasy, if it was more epic fantasy, you know, what style of cover, but I love cover art and uh, I used to work in the film business and I've worked with a lot of artists um, for anything from storyboards to um, uh, just uh, um, design work in, of, of any uh, of many, many types. So I wasn't afraid to approach artists, but the idea was where do you find them? Right. I heard about um, ArtStation. 
um i heard about what are, what are some of the others like art station there are a few others right uh, deviant uh, deviant it? art yeah yeah cara.app is a relatively new one that's i i had not heard of, of that one okay um uh but other than that i really just didn't know um but uh it's it, it can be it can be scary figuring it out you know and is it going to cost you know how much is it going to cost and what if they can't do it what if i can't find somebody and and how do i find somebody for the kind of thing that i want so let's let's start though with before before uh an author even wants to uh even begins contacting an artist what should they do um they should know they should know what kind have some idea of what kind of cover they want right um by doing research of other books in similar that are similar uh or in similar genres and see what the better selling books covers look like don't it's it's not a good idea especially for um i mean and we're talking we're talking to uh indie authors now right because in trad you don't do any of that stuff so um it's not a good idea to just break the mold and do a cover that does not communicate the genre that you're in as a first time indie author um uh, you know, you might think, oh, I'm going to do something different and I'm going to, yeah, it's risky. It's risky to do something like that. So what process, particularly Isaac, Mike, have you gone through um, in the past? And what would you recommend um, as artists, uh, Rachel, Casey and Alyssa? But let's start with uh, Isaac again. What did you do and what would you do differently? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I, I actually feel guilty about this now, uh, being on a panel talking about this, but I made the cardinal sin of starting with Fiverr and I okay. I paid the price for that. <laughs> hey, so yep. What happened? So I what got happened? I got a design, um, but that's all I got. I didn't get a, a real cover. I didn't get paperback. I didn't get hardback. I didn't get edits. It was here picture. And ironically talking about um, what you want uh, for art in that cover. Um, my book is going to be fantasy and really bronze age type fantasy. And the first cover I got had um, bullets on it. So that, that didn't really work out for me um so coming with the idea yeah, yeah. and you gave them so, a you gave them a you gave them a description right did you uh like oh, yeah. now i know um i know that some some authors actually will sketch something or they'll have an idea of the elements that they want in it right artists um uh and sometimes i'm sure they come to you and say we don't know um what do you tell them you need to know if they come to you and don't know or what do you want to see from them in terms of like what 
I'm wanting to know is like what's the sort of like backdrop of like your world like is it set in a specific like mythology or you know like narrow it down in that sort of way because if they have no sort of concept of how they want it to look at least narrowing it down by the subgenre or the backdrop or the world sort of gives me a visual reference um as to what I could start doing so I think that's super important to begin with mm -hmm. Casey yeah this is gonna sound kind of weird because it's not visual at all um what I want to know is that you can write and you can communicate for me that is the biggest thing when somebody reaches out if I'm seeing a whole bunch of typos if I'm seeing a lot of like unnecessary description like I've had people send me five or six pages to read just like when, right when they reach out I'm just like I'm not gonna read that <laughs> like I'm so sorry um so the biggest thing is like I I can bring the expertise of what should it look like even if somebody doesn't have an idea um I'm a huge proponent of giving people homework I will actually give you forms to fill out, but I I really want to know that you can communicate. Just the biggest thing. Oh, good good to know, Alyssa. Yeah, I'm gonna plus one that on like professionalism too. Like you kind of get a sense when you get that first email. Um, so just sort of assessing that, and just like even beyond like if they aren't able to articulate about their book well, I think that is okay because you can kind of like draw some of those details out, but like. Do they know if they want even a front cover or wraparound? Do they know the difference between that? Like, have they done a little bit of like looking into that kind of thing? Do they know whether they want you to do the type or not? Have they looked closely at your portfolio? Do they know whether you can do that or not? Like those kinds of things. Cause sometimes people be like, oh, I want this. And it's like, I, I don't do that though. Like, like that's not really my thing. So kind of just seeing like whether this person like has actually kind of looked into what they're asking for um, and laid those things out clearly is usually what I'm looking for. And then kind of what Rachel says, and a little blurb about like the backdrop of your world when it's set, that kind of thing is is helpful, even if I don't get in that first email. Um, yeah, that's incredibly helpful. I wish I would have known that early on. But uh, uh, I, I kind of skipped ahead a little bit, sorry. Um, but, uh, those those are those are really important things for everyone to keep in mind if they're looking for a cover artist, especially for the first time. Um, but uh, also, it's like, okay, but where do we find you guys? Where where do we do? You, I mean, do we just search fantasy artists book covers? Um, do we go and peruse Art Station? um deviant art and send messages through there which i have contacted people that way uh the guy who did the uh the banners for my website i contacted like that and then ended up working with him on and off and different things for over a year and that was pretty awesome um but uh like like mike you've had probably the widest variety of yeah. methods of methods of 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 getting a hold of artists there's so kind of one uh method that i use for everyone and that's uh the artist falls in my lap <laughs> uh, so my first uh the first self-published book um i had no idea how to look how to find an artist i had no idea where to look 
and my wife said my brother's wife's nephew is an artist and he wants to do some fantasy science fiction cover art and i was like ah, right exactly but, right punk kid but yeah. um and he was uh but he turned out to be anthony de giovanni uh, who has now done a ton of like huge trad covers. He's currently like in Hollywood doing movie stuff. Uh, he did a pile of concept. Like, yeah. Concept design. Yeah. Concept. Design. Yeah. It's crazy. Movie and stuff. Yeah. He did. Um, uh, he did Joe Abercrombie's uh, latest trilogy for subterranean press. Yeah. And you know what? I gave Bill at subterranean his name years back that's how he got that that's, that's why i couldn't afford him anymore that's how well and see this is a funny story too because i saw ghosts of tomorrow which is a cover that 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 john did and um and uh and i was like immediately messaged mike who i had met just actually we were just kind of getting to know each other on facebook right. um and said mike who did that cover i'm redoing the first cover for for paternus the the first book and I need somebody. Uh, and can you could you give me his his name and contact information? And he said no. <laughs> he literally just said no. And I was like, oh come on, man. He's like, no. If you get him and he gets famous, then nobody. I won't be able to afford him anymore. And that's exactly what happened. I know this is all your fault. And uh, it's it's the same kind of with Felix now. Yeah. Yeah, so then Felix, um, which is uh, awesome, though, right? Which expensive. is awesome. I want them to make as much money as they can, but then we can't afford them anymore. Yeah. And then Felix, we met through Facebook too, right? Yeah, Felix yeah. reached out to me and said, uh, "Like I'm a fan of your books. I'm an artist." He was like, "I'll do a concept for you, and then you can decide after if you want to hire me." And yeah. I was like, "Okay, you know, nothing to lose." Yeah. He shot me his concept sketches for the book, and was like okay yep yeah and then now he's yeah. you know he's doing bigger and bigger projects and you know his rates are sort of he's really busy yeah. very busy he's mostly busy his prices have gone up but not as much as i would have expected but he's just super super busy yeah. and then then how did you get your next artist though i don't even know who that i i know the name but i yeah, I, I don't Molesky. know of him yeah. Um, I was about to start looking for an artist and, uh, I was chatting with, uh, uh, Argyle, uh, Zach Argyle. Zach. Yeah. Uh, I can't, about something totally unrelated. And he was like, oh, uh, you should check out Andrew Maleska. He's doing some interior sketches for me. Looked at his stuff. I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, now Andrew's done two covers for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so artists they just sort of magically appear. Right. When you need them. Well, I mean, as as shitty as social media is, um uh you'll see stories like this and circles like this all the time where one author found their artist from seeing the cover of another artist and asking them or or putting it out there. But first you got to get on there and get to know some people, follow them, chat back and forth, you know. Um, number one rule, don't be a dick, uh, of social media. If you want to sell books, um, and get to know, especially other authors, uh, that can be extremely helpful. Um, and very often these author authors have websites. Sometimes they don't, I don't think Felix had one when we first got started, but he had an art station page and some other stuff. 
Um, so, uh, Rachel, uh, do you have a, a website? Oh, your your uh, mic is muted. There we go. Um, no, actually, I don't have one right now. I have a portfolio on Behance. Yeah, um, yes, Behance. That's the other yeah, one. So yes. I sort of use that. Um, and then apart from that, I just have my Instagram and my um, Twitter. A lot of like my work has come through word of mouth. So I haven't, I've had a few people like reach out on those like channels, but Mostly I've had people reach out and be like, oh, I saw your cover here, or I spoke to this person, they said you did this cover and, you know, such and such. So that's sort of how my work has sort of been coming in, which is great. Um, it just means that I then keep putting off doing like a website or something like that, or updating like all sure. those channels, because I'm sort of like, oh, you know, I like so, to put that stuff off. <laughs> so, but people can contact you via messages on a social media platform yeah totally um a lot of the time i just get um cold emails though just coming in yeah um, that's generally the either i have that information on my behance i have that information yeah on my twitter and instagram so um yeah a lot of people find it on there and then just shoot me a message okay casey what's your how do you how do people get a hold of you yeah, a lot of people find me through my website. Um, that's caseygerbercreative.com. And I also have an art station page. I looked at that today. Twitter. Oh, did you? Yeah. Very I'm, nice. uh, I'm pretty Googleable by name. Um, but I really, I'm different from some artists in this way. I really prefer that people email. Um, I don't check my DMs often. And uh, most artists who don't will say in their profile, uh, no DMs, please, because, you know, mm -hmm. they just get lost in the void for some of us. So, sure. um, but yeah, I really prefer an email. Um, when I was doing more book covers, uh, most of my work came through, through readsy.com. I mm -hmm. don't know if you guys have heard of that website, but mm -hmm. um, that's a, it's a really nice place to find an artist and a designer and even an editor if you need one, um, because the people on there are explicitly, you know, interested in doing book work and doing mm -hmm. indie book work usually. Um, I know a number of artists who would be great for book covers, but they're just, they can't do it, you know, for either time or, you know, interest or whatever constraints. So, mm -hmm. um, that makes Reedsy really nice to connect people with, you know, artists and authors who are kind of all interested in the same things. So, right. Alyssa, how do people get a hold of you or do you prefer them to get a hold of you? Uh, I also have a website, alyssawinans.com. I assume that's mainly what people use because people largely email me and that's like the main place I have my email. Once in a while, I'll get like a DM on Instagram. Um, but usually if it seems like a serious inquiry, I'll, I'll point them over to the, to the email just because it's a little bit easier to flush out details there. Um, the, the, the mobile phone window is very narrow, so it's a little bit harder for me to kind of navigate that, but. Yeah, I think it's the website is how most people find me. Cool. Um, the uh, the uh, I just wanted to say too that if you go if you go to Behance or ArtStation or those kinds of places, it's like where do you start? Well, if you write uh, um, fantasy romance, search fantasy romance art. 
uh if you if you're writing you know a dragon book you know search dragons if you're writing you know uh whatever it is um just uh you can search by those kind of topics and subjects and and find things that way too um i've also found artists just by asking other artists you know um would you be available if you're not who do you know and they all can rattle off three or four Felix actually just helped me with that, helped me out with that. I wanted to get a piece of concept art um, and he couldn't do it, but he rattled off three names and two of them were, were very interested. And I ended up picking one that I think is going to do really great on it. So that can work, that can work as well. And then I just found them out on ArtStation and Behance actually. Um, so um now how let's let's back up a little bit you're a new author you're writing a certain kind of book in a certain genre how do you find out what kind of books or what kind of cover style of cover that you're going to want mike as a writer i mean i uh i usually have a visual i usually want a scene from my book um, I have an aesthetic. Um, I, I I know what I want, and I, I look for an artist with that with a style that will sort of uh, match with that. And you know, simply put, it's like mm -hmm. heavy metal album cover. <laughs> a lot That's of them do look that look like that. Yeah, to some degree. I just you know, I'm doing it for me, and I want I want to like the cover, and so that's kind of what I mostly care about. And if you know, other people like the covers and they sell books and which seems to be the case. Uh, that's a lot of luck. Yeah. The, um, actually, do you, uh, this, this is one of Mike's most recent covers from one of Mike's more recent books. And I read this Mike, uh, by the way, Mike, and I've had nightmares ever th since. Thanks. Um, in a good way though. Um, so that is actually a, a scene from the, from the, uh, yeah, it's a lot terrifying. It's a big, uh, what did Alicia, uh, call a uh, one stall Burke call that? Oh, the big ouchie called that a big ouchie. <laughs> do you do your own design? Uh, Mike? Nope. uh, what I usually do is uh, I talk to the artist and they say, no, I don't do typography. And so I do it myself and then I send it to them and then they go, oh, okay. fuck. Yeah. yeah, I'll do it for you. <laughs> and so far that's worked every single time. I feel like, nice. like I don't do typography. And then I'd send him my typography and he'd be like, no, 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 no. Do you pay him a little more? Do you pay him a little, so. do you pay him up a little, a pay him a little more oh, yeah, for yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. But uh, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on that. Okay. Isaac? So I was in the same boat as Michael. I had an idea um, of a scene that was important to me and important to the story. And I described it and I described the, you know, the setting that I wanted to see. And um, I'm more into, um, let's say, symbols. Um, and so this, mine ended up being a pendant um, for Allegiant. 
So it was a little bit easier okay. to. So you did uh, you went the with a more symbolic symbolic cover. Okay, cool. As opposed to a, a full on illustration, and you'll find um, yeah. that there are artists who specialize in one, and very often, like the uh, the full on uh, illustrators don't do the, the symbolic stuff and that can go vice versa. There are some that cross back and forth, but you wanna match the artist with, with the style that you're looking for. So when you contact somebody, you wanna have a pretty good idea that they can do the style that you want. Um, in fact, very often, actually, every time um, I've worked with an artist, I've looked at their work and said, I like this style and give them the name of it or even download it and upload it um, that you used in this. Um, and, and, and that will, that will work out. Um, it will, it will save you a lot of headache and time if, if you can do that or show them other artworks, you know, um, show them other pieces. You'd like this style. Um, I want this kind of dragon similar to, you know, cause there are a lot of different kinds of dragons, right? Um, but there's a, you know, cause there's a big difference in styles between like a, um, like, um, you know, one artist, the way they draw dragons, another with the way they draw them. And then an anime style dragon or, um, any number of other more of a kid's drawing kind of dragon. There are a lot of different kinds of things and, and besides being different kinds of dragons. Um, and you might say, I mean, in every, you know, a lot of people say that in game of Thrones, that's not actually a dragon. Those are actually wyverns because they don't have four legs. Right. So you want to be specific about that kind of stuff. When I, um, uh, to complete that story, Mike did give me, John Anthony D. Giovanni's um, information, and we went on to work on four different covers and a, and an illustration for the inside of one of my books. And I actually told him I want a big buffalo demon with a mace looming up with a guy with a lightning spear in front of him and probably kind of a dark cityscape with some bats flying around in the background. I just told him that because it's urban fantasy, but it's mythic myth based. And he did this. So um, he he he's just he just is amazing. Now part of it we'll go through the steps and process, but what he'll do is send four or five sketches, and then I'll choose the pose and sketch, and then he'll just continue and then we'll just add, you know, color and stuff like that. And I told him I wanted a giant snake with a cobra hood holding scimitars with a guy in a suit with flaming swords and uh, still all in the, uh, in, on, you know, in the Arctic. And he did that. So he's just, he's really good. And then I told him I wanted the, you know, a, a, a four-armed um, Hindu goddess with, you know, kind of a Valkyrie in the front. And he did this. Um, so, it's, I mean, we went through some sketches and there were different poses and stuff. And then I use a, a, another guy that I use as a, as a designer who does the type, who actually created, did the typography and did the design on the, you know, the front spine and back. 
So am I, I, I was thinking we should talk about process. Like how long does it take? Um, what do you want first? What do you tell them you'll give them next? Um, and, and how um, authors can make that process faster and easier for you. Um, Alyssa? Sure. Uh, first thing I love to receive is a contract. Um, mm -hmm. So that's like the very beginning. And then if we, depending on what the author wants to give me a brief or a manuscript, I personally prefer getting the manuscript. I don't know if everyone always wants to give it to me, but it gives me a better sense of the flavor of the book. Do you um, read the whole book? Yeah, yeah, usually. See, that's that's actually quite rare. Um, most artists do not. Um, John did read the first book because mm -hmm. he was new and he had the time and he likes fantasy. So he did with with this. But most of the time they don't. Oh, uh, well, I guess like, I have a little free time or. Yeah, I like no, that, no, I think that's awesome. I think that's fantastic. But they can't expect. What yeah. I was going to say is that it's awesome if you find somebody who does. But as an author, don't expect that they'll be able to read your book. Okay. Um, because reading a book does take a long time. Thanks for that clarification. I have had people send me both. And actually, I think that's ideal. If the person doesn't have time to read the manuscript, then they could just read the brief. Mm -hmm. um, it also gives probably the author a little bit more control over, like, here's the character descriptions like pulled out to make sure that nothing is missed. Yep. Um, so that's nice to get. Uh, my process is pretty straightforward. I send usually three sketches, then they can choose between them. If there's any revisions, I might do that. I'll do a color draft just to make sure the palette looks okay. And then usually I'll take it to final, usually about a month to five weeks for me, but it also depends on the complexity. Like somebody's like, I want all of this stuff in there. I'm like, that's going to take a little bit longer. So I'll usually tell them from the front if they, that's like, you can see the complexity in the brief, then I will tell them it'll probably take a little longer. But are, are you comfortable sharing a price range of what you charge? Yeah. So I don't know if this is typical, but I actually will vary my prices depending on who the client is, like whether it's individual versus a small publisher or a large publisher. Most of my clients have been larger publishers. So I don't know if that's used my range, but it's usually between 1,000 and 4,000 for mm -hmm. front cover. Usually wraparound will be not always double, but a higher percentage of that. Yeah. If you want full rights buyout, I almost never have to do that or do that, but it would be a double, your price would double for that. By wraparound, she means the front uh, spine and back are one wide piece of art, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're doing like the dust jacket, then you do the, like, you might have to do the flaps and stuff as well. Yeah. So, right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, Casey? Um, so usually what I will do is, um, I think of these projects as, um, I'm sort of sharing the art director role with the client. And a lot of times my clients, um, don't necessarily know how to write a brief. So I, you know, if you're working with first time authors and that's very understandable. Um, so I will go ahead and generally write a questionnaire. It's usually about two pages um, and I will send that to the client. I also have my own contracts that I will send and we can kind of negotiate and work out, you know, what the finer points of those are. Um, but basically that gives a pretty good idea of what information that I will need. Um, I tend to prefer 
uh, erring on the side of like bullet points and less information. Um, I don't think I've ever read a manuscript. I'm a terribly slow reader, very visual person. Um, I just can't do it. Um, and when I was doing these projects, I was doing about six a month and I would charge about $8.50 per. And generally I would work with individuals rather than publishers. So that felt like a good, um, you know, price range for them where, you know, people wouldn't balk at that, but it also uh, was reasonable for me. Is that for both um, typography and illustration? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Rachel? Um, yeah, I am a little bit like Alyssa and a little bit like Casey um, in that my process is very much like Alyssa's in terms of like delivery with uh, sketches and uh, then moving to color and then moving to final. I also take about three to four-ish weeks on average to sort of complete a project. Um, but if I have a really like relaxed deadline, you know, I might say I'm going to start this in like a month's time or something like that and sort of communicate that with the author themselves. Um, I prefer like briefs as well that are a little less information. I like the bullet points, easily digestible information. Um, I also really like visual references uh, in briefs. Like, I feel like sometimes um, it's hard to communicate through words, like exactly what you're meaning, especially like if an author's really wrapped up in their own sort of like story, like they know it in and out, but I don't. So, you know, if they give me a sort of visual reference to go off, I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, and then we're on the same page. Um, in terms of like pricing, because I do a lot of Kickstarter special editions, my pricing and for, um, you know, indie authors, my pricing is uh, a lot less because they're like one-time uh, situations sort of thing, uh, one-time print runs. Um, and currently I'm charging about between 500 to 700. Um, that depends on complexity, typography, um, all sorts of different things, but that is generally it. But I've been doing this for like just over a year now, like um, doing the special edition covers. So that's another thing too, if an artist is sort of just starting out, I'd expect them to probably charging a little bit less as they work sort of their portfolio up and, you know, build up those projects. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, the range, the price range goes everywhere, all over the place. I mean, you can go to Fiverr and find, you know, $50 covers, uh, people who say they'll do one or, or you can even go into Beance and, and in particular, and in a lot of foreign countries, artists are willing to work for, cause the dollar goes a lot farther for them. But you have to uh, you have to consider, and sometimes you'll find the greatest treasures there. But it is like uh, you know, like uh, searching for gold because it's not that easy. And very often, uh, just the communication problem can can be a problem. Um, they just quite don't get what you're saying, and that's that's another time when when being able to give someone visual examples this is the kind of art that i like in this style 
this this is the kind of cover I have because and I'm doing this genre. And then you can show them covers of books with typography that you like, right? Or that you think meets yours well. Um, when you uh now again, you might sometimes find a uh uh an art a great artist that you really want to work with, but they won't do the design. And designers can be much harder to find sometimes than artists. Um, when it comes uh, that do the typography, which means basically they can design fonts, you know, they'll, they'll actually design the font and then do the layout, how everything works on the cover and on the spine and then on the back. And you have to give them that information, right? Um, all that information and, uh, and they can be, I, I, I know, I know, um, uh, in my writer's group, people that have written, you know, 30 books and done extremely well for themselves will suddenly go, everybody I've, I used to use is too busy. They can't just do the design on my book. Oh, you guys have any ideas? And a lot of times ours are all that all real busy too. So it can be harder. So anybody have any advice on how to find designers? I mean, I've, I've known people and myself resorted to just, you know, getting on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and actually contacting an author I don't even know and say, would you mind telling me who did the design uh, for the typography on the book? And that's not, not a terrible thing. They'll either answer you or you won't, but never bug them again. You know, ask them once. And if they don't reply, just leave them alone. Same with asking for someone if they mind reading your book for a review or whatever, or for a blurb, um, just leave them alone after that. Um, but somebody will, people will respond, especially in the indie sphere. People are pretty, pretty good about helping each other out. We've all seemed to have kind of a rising tide lifts all boat, lifts all ships kind of, kind of feeling. Right. And, and I get that same idea among the artists and designers and people that work with indie indie authors. They'll they'll quickly recommend you know other artists um, if they can't do something. But if they're busy, then you know that's not going to hurt them. You know, it'd be silly. You know, I know some people don't want to do that because they don't want someone else to find up, find out what's going on. You know, or, or to find someone else. Um, but that's that I think seems kind of silly. Um, Mike, what do you have to add about finding um, about any of this? Um, yeah, I, I, I think my process is a little different because um, so when I reach out to an artist, I already I like their style already. So I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, I want you to do it in this style. It's like yeah. you're, you're going to do it in your style. Yeah. Um, but then there are people like Felix who can do like eight different styles. Yeah. <laughs> what I like to do is I'll do, uh, I'll pick three scenes from the book and I'll just give them a really skeletal brief on three different scenes and say, which, which do you want to do? Because like, I, I'm not an artist. Uh, so I want the artist to sort of a be excited oh, we, about the project. We know. And also to pick the, the scene that they think is visually going to work the best. And so, you know, if I give them three scenes, uh, they're going to pick the one uh, that, that will, you know, they're excited to work on and that that's, they can sort of visualize it. And sometimes, I mean, like, I remember one of the scenes I sent to Felix, he was like, 
No, that's insane. Like, there's way too much shit going on. I had this huge, like, panoramic, you know, city and the docks and the aliens on the ship and the just everything. I, you know, it was like too much. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's how I like to work. Yeah. And meanwhile, I just saw the I just saw the latest thing he did for Andorida's special edition of the first Malazan book. It's insane. It's one of those panoramic things with a floating, you know, a floating island and a, an army of something over here and something else going on down here. But he made it work. He makes it work. It's incredibly talented. Isaac, anything to add as as so far? Well, I, I think that I, I took your approach and I'm part of a small group of writers called the break-ins and uh, got oh, some advice guys. from them on finding a, yeah, those guys, I got the invite and uh, picked their brains on who would be good to work with. Um, that wasn't uh, on a short contract. And fortunately they set me up with um, Stephanie saw over at uh, seventh star art. So working with her now for the, proper nice. covers cool so fine community yeah it is i i know there are there are like there are groups of artists out there who do book covers and you know they'll do all kinds of things and there's that other one where you can go in and people will like you know put up their designs hoping you take theirs you know uh, i can't remember what that's called and i don't know any i don't know anyone who's actually gotten a cover from that but i haven't heard anything bad about it so um you can just blindly search that terrifies me um but uh but it does work out for some folks so um, actually a question for the artists if i can um on the ai front so i hired an artist for a book oh yeah uh, and he turned in ai generated stuff that he'd sort of worked over top uh, do you include clauses like that in your contracts? How, how do you feel about all that, uh, that side of the way things are going? Just anyone throw throw out? I mean, I don't uh, use it. Oh, sorry. Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I don't use any AI sort of processes in my work. I just, I personally don't like it. Um, I, I'm not sure like about other artists using it as like the base for their work. I think the problem lies in that a lot of the work that AI produces, as I understand it, comes from pre-existing material. So um, a lot of the times if an artist is generating base sketches via AI, then there is some sort of borrowing from original artwork. So I don't know, it makes me feel a little bit icky <laughs> and I don't like sort of going near it, but you know, I don't know if I know enough about it to really talk about how other artists might be using it in their process. Yeah, I'll, I'll just chime in and say, I think at this point in time, it is a big risk to publish something that is made with AI. Um, my company does not allow us to use it because it is a legal risk. Um, you are taking the chance essentially that some artist out there sees your work and goes, oh, hey, that looks just like my work. Um, if it's anything that was created pre-2018, it's probably in the Lion 5B dataset. 
Um, my name is in the list of artists that Midjourney recently came out with where they said, yeah, we have these people's work. Mm -hmm. um, if I see something that comes out and is published and people are making a profit on that looks too much like my work, I could sue them, <laughs> you know? And like, oh, I think yeah. you're really, you're really running a risk with that. Um, you're running a risk that say, your work looks too much like something that Nintendo did. A big company could get one of it. Like, it really, uh, I, I would really strongly recommend independent authors do not do that yet. Yeah. Until the whole thing with the data set gets works out, worked out, it just doesn't feel um, worth it to me. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've been following a lot of that, like all of us have. And, you know, yeah. you'll see everything from an element from a piece of art is suddenly on somebody's cover and it's like that that is the rest of it's no no different but there's like something right there that is exactly like this to to like downright plagiarism you know i'm i'm a professor and if somebody takes a bunch of words from the internet and just copies and pastes them in that's very obvious but they go through and reword stuff you know to a certain extent usually they make it worse my students um but uh, but very often it's just a little bit different, but that's still plagiarism, right? So I've seen a bunch of pieces of art where it's obviously taken from this, but they've changed just a few things on it. And, and that can be pretty scary. Also, you run the risk of um, people, you know, of, of people basically just like harassing you uh about using ai art as a yeah, people as a, might not buy your book yeah <laughs> because yeah. of that issue yeah yeah it's, no absolutely it's really controversial and spread the word that way or go in and review bomb you with a whole bunch of ones i mean it's it's not great that people will do stuff like that um i'm, I'm not a big fan of a cancel culture of of sorts but um the uh it, it can it can turn up against you mike had to like like really fast he he didn't have to but he wanted to replace his uh yeah. that we, that we cover. scrapped the cover found a new artist yeah i mean it was it was a scramble very fast yeah yeah it was a scramble Alyssa, anything yeah. on that first off casey i'm sorry that you're on that list that sounds extremely <laughs> stressful um, yeah, more or less agree with everybody else. Like as it stands, it's all built on stolen work right now. Um, and then I think I'm not in touch with the latest, but last I heard, you can't copyright AI material. Also, so that's another kind of risk, depending on yeah, that was you that... feel about copyright. Um, it depends on where you live. In China, you can. In the U.S., so far it seems like you maybe can't. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the, the update there. And then. Um, yeah. Lastly, I have seen artists who train models only on their own work, mm -hmm. um, which seems to be a, a good tool for them to use. Uh, and so I was like, well, you know, if it's their own work, I suppose they can do what they want with it. So I have seen some folks do that, but it's not something I've ever delved into because I just, it just seems like a mess. And I actually enjoy doing all of the, the work myself. So I'm, I'm good. But yeah, it's, um, you know, they, we've been talking quite a bit about, uh, uh, the um, uh, AI's writing books and getting better at better at actually writing books. And somebody's been putting a thing out. I mean, I got an email from this company, Impossible, without some of the letters in it. 
and what they're doing is is offering you know we'll take we'll take your books and your style and and we can put we can help you put out 50 books a, a month they actually say that um and it's all ai stuff right but it's like you know if all you there's no trick to making a lot of money if all you want to do is make a lot of money but we actually happen to like writing books and we'd like to continue to be able to make a living doing that and not losing it to a row to somebody who's just really good at prompting you know um so yeah it's we live in a strange a strange time as far as that stuff goes um so what what have we not touched on that we think we should probably talk about? Actually, Alyssa, I think, brought up something earlier that I hadn't given much thought. So you sell art, uh, your art separately if they're getting, if the, uh, the author wants uh, exclusive rights. Is, is that correct? Did I understand that correctly? Um... Do you have different prices? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. We're talking about um, a total biodo copyright. Yeah. Right. You usually right. don't need this in the book world, honestly, but like in like IP world and like corporate stuff, often like um, work for hire, they call it, where the, the creator will lose the copyright because it'll be bought out by whoever's commissioning it. That'll mm -hmm. usually be a double price range, which it honestly doesn't come up much here in, in bookland yeah. because there's not need I, for copyright transfer, but. I'd always kind of assumed afterwards that I owned the art um now i don't really care if the artist sells prints you know puts it on their website and stuff like that but i i hadn't actually really given it that side of it that much thought not that it's it hasn't mattered yeah but, the, uh, the general the general yeah the general the the general contract see none of the artists i've ever worked with actually wanted a contract they've never said they wanted to work with a contract. The only contract I've ever had was when, uh, was with uh, John, working with uh, John Anthony DiGiovanni on, on the first Paternus book. And that was a work for hire contract and he signed it. Um, and he probably shouldn't have, but that what that, what that meant was that I do own the copyright. Um, and, uh, but he was brand new and, and worked out um, now, of course, he could sell prints. He could do whatever he wants with it. I don't care. Um, but the general contract is that if you want to use that, like if I wanted to use this art again for something else, right? Um, say uh, Tradpub said they wanted to pick this up and wanted to use that art. They'd need to pay him something again. Um, and, or if it was going to appear in a best of indie art cover book on kickstarter or something like that people running that kickstarter would need to pay him something again right am i am i getting this right artists yeah okay. depending, depending on what like rights usage rights you sign as well because they can keep the copyright but you yeah can... but but if there's no contract and i uh, uh, i have to believe that very very many there is no contract so what's the assumption because yeah, because the, the way the law the way the law lurked, works is that it falls back to an assumed contract, right? Yeah, if you're working without a contract, I think that's very risky for you as an author because 
you may run into an artist who realizes like, oh, I could probably get royalties on this and who may like come back and try to get royalties from you. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. uh, you just don't know unless you really communicate about it. And I think like I would never work without a contract because the idea is just uh, it's just too um you know iffy <laughs> like you don't know what just happen, the artists so. have just never asked they've never brought yeah. it up i mean when you're new a lot of that stuff isn't covered if you're self-taught like it's it's a big um empty spot in a lot of people's education so I, like i don't blame anybody for sure but for okay. you all like i think it actually is important because like for example that artist could just go around and put that cover on somebody else's book in your same thing and just have a different title on it and that would i don't know that might feel very sad that would, that would suck yeah what? so it can be it's mutually beneficial in my opinion um right okay all right note to now, self. Oh, yeah note to <laughs> self exactly isaac did you have a contract <laughs> sorry uh, no, like nope. <laughs> no you didn't have one either we're all going uh-oh um, I might go write an email after this. And right, and right now, our artists are listening, are watching this going. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, uh, now, uh, the prices um, can range a lot. I mean, uh, I've seen beautiful work done on book covers for $200 from new artists uh, or from different countries. Um, and I've seen, uh, I know quite a few authors who will pay, don't have any problem paying two to $3,000 to get their covers done. Um, it depends on how well they feel their books will do. Generally, beginning new, new, new um, authors um, don't have that kind of money to put out. So they have to just keep looking until they can find somebody who's interested in, in doing that. Um, but yeah, don't don't be too terrified, but don't cheap out on your cover. Um, save some money because it does make a huge, huge difference. Um, but um, don't don't be mortified um, that that you won't be able to afford something because you will be able to find someone and something um, that 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 you will like. Um, so uh what else what else should we be covering it's eight it's about eight o'clock um can i any... add something onto your your statement just now absolutely now this is this is totally personal opinion but a good designer sorry i know i'm coming from the illustration side so maybe this mm -hmm. is like my advice but a good designer is really worth their weight in gold yeah because i think that's the number one thing that i'll notice if like if the illustration's gorgeous but the design is like not good the, I will the, be like, uh, oh no, <laughs> you know. The, the font is terrible and yeah, it's like, oh, not placed very is, well. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know, I know there are a lot of people that think that think they can do it themselves, and they really shouldn't ought to be. I mean, one thing I would tell any beginning author is pretend that you are a terrible judge of art, terrible and design, and let your artists and designers. <laughs> do what they know right do what they do best um because um uh i'm convinced for example that i have no idea i don't listen to audiobooks and the ones i do listen to 
I just don't like them because I don't like to hear books turned into cartoons. And it drives me crazy, the overdramatic readings. Um, but that's what everybody wants. So I am out of touch and clueless when it comes to that. Um, I absolutely believe and know and have met some authors who say, oh, look at my new cover. It's so cool. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a piece of crap. You know, um, some people don't have a good judge, uh, aren't a good judge of, um, uh, of, of cover art. So try to get something in the genre that looks that, that, that your artist and run it past as many people as you can, because they will tell you, um, hopefully that that's really not good. <laughs> um, and something I can add on the graphic design front is that um a professional graphic designer will manage font licenses for you um this is something that's another like legal thing that i think a lot of people don't think about um mm -hmm. just because you found a font on a free website doesn't mean you can publish it yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like a yep. a professional graphic designer will have a library of fonts that they have paid for the desktop license for yep. um they will manage that for you and make sure that you don't get into trouble um, they will know things about how to uh, prepare the files for print. They will know things about spacing. They will make sure the typography looks professional, like Alyssa said. Mm -hmm. um, so really important, I think, just seconding that to like find a, a professional. Yes, they need yeah. to be licensed for both print and digital. <laughs> it and is true. And they'll come up with cool ideas like putting the hand out in front of the font, right? I never yep. really thought of that. For sure. And like with font licenses. And they'll know I how think, to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people don't realize that like, if you're putting a font on your cover, that is not the same kind of license as putting it in your book. Mm -hmm. um, there is a different license for refillable fonts versus for desktop fonts, which is basically like you're putting it in a static graphic versus an ebook where it's reflowing and they need to have the font to do that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, a good a good graphic designer will manage all of that for you, basically. Right. Yeah, that's good yeah, to on, know. On that front too, uh, which I keep running into because bad planning. Uh, I love uh, full fold around covers. Um, I just, I love them. And then I've got all this amazing detail on the back cover because the artist just did fantastic work but now i've got to figure out how to actually like put text back there and to make it real well, i'm gonna cover it all up thousands <laughs> of colors and all this stuff going on is like yeah uh, i probably should have thought about this ahead of time yeah. so artists would be uh it's good for doing that yeah john did john did a really cool thing on this one where he's got, I'm sorry, there's glare on it. Let me turn this off. Oh, that didn't help at all. But there are there are characters here and up. And then so oh, up this side. So then he was working with he had a, he was working with the uh with the uh type of, with the designer. And so they did it, did it like that. And but very often it's just you know, just something like this. This is a, we decided to go with <laughs> just a generic lightning and the orange, orange reddish sky. So it could go wherever the designer wanted to put it. But um, 
they are worth their weight in gold. You're absolutely right. Good designers. Um, so one more round, anything that anyone else wants to bring up? Otherwise, we will go to the, uh, to the comments and I'm telling everyone who's watching, what are your questions? Um, but first, anything else you guys want to add right now? I feel like your question of how to find a designer never quite got answered. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Read Z is a good resource. Um, you can look at LinkedIn. There's also a website called oh, really? Dribble. Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn. Huh. Um, there's also a website called Dribble that is specifically like a design portfolio site. So say I go into LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Just search. Search in the search bar. Yep. Yeah, but search what? Uh, freelance graphic designer is there probably you go. what. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of graphic designers are sharing their work on there. Um, you, you could know, probably even try leads. freelance book design if you wanted. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah, right. big recommend we, for that. Yeah, and we're not even getting into interior formatting. Yeah. And there are designers who do that too. Yeah, um, and the advantage on LinkedIn is... Yeah, you can thing. you can see their whole resume you know you can see if they've yeah. done interiors or covers or agency work or you know what have you now for my books i i just use vellum for the interior formatting it's not fancy but nobody's complained nobody's going "Ooh, the interior is really cool like they do with other people's books but i don't think it changes um the now on Kickstarter, or you're doing special editions kind of stuff, then uh, I I got an interior formatter and designer to to help me with those. If you're doing fancy stuff, but it's just, if it's just the paperbacks out, you don't have to worry so much. But that's for another panel. Um, we're not really going into this, um, so I'm going to go back. Um, uh there's someone from someplace called fanfi addict who are those guys says also fonts need to be licensed for both print and digital um which is true unless i mean to, on kindle does it matter because they can just change the fonts i mean you just put it in in times new roman or whatever and the kindle just changes it to whatever font you want to use so what what digital are they talking about? Do you know? Um, it depends on how you're distributing your book. Um, okay. If you're talking about Kindle, um, it's possible that Amazon handles the font licensing and that they have purchased licensing according to their huge distribution needs. They must have because um, I, I can go yeah. on my Kindle and just change the font. And I'm sure yeah. they have the right to that font. Yeah, that's probably what they're doing. But if you're distributing an ebook, say, um, on your website or on Gumroad or you know any of these oh, other places true. where you're totally independent, right? Um, if you if you make an EPUB, the font needs to be reflowable. So, or I suppose um, if you were putting out what PDF versions, yeah, yeah, you would, that'd be digital. So yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah. You need to light license for that too. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Or if you're making um, a visual novel game, a lot of people do that. You got to have your your app license. <laughs> um, some people saying, "Oh, never dawned on me to draw up a contract with my artist." Yep. Um, I don't see any questions coming in. Any real questions coming in yet? 
So we can just talk about whatever we want. Um, yeah, scrolling up. I don't really see a lot of questions. The last comment I see is, I came in so late, I'll have to watch the replay. So I'm not seeing a lot of questions. Oh, here's one. Uh, looks like our, our FanFi Addict moderator is helping us out here. Um, and there's one from some guy named Ben Galley. I have no idea who that is, but I'll go to this one first. Bert Struble asks, do you put any marks on it so it can't be reused? I'm assuming like a hidden mark or something on the artwork? Like a watermark or something? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, but I wouldn't consider putting that on if I was like giving over a cover to um an artist i know like that's a problem with ai though um that i've seen that a lot of like watermarks because if artists are putting these on their portfolio they will put a watermark over to sort of um stop it being stolen and then that watermark gets skewed and turns up a little bit in ai work so that's, ah, <laughs> that's smart but I, I think you can't really do it on a book cover though actually. no exactly um, yeah i think yeah. if you're like selling that art to uh, an offer for their cover then that's you know that's their cover i wouldn't be putting anything in there that to make it mine <laughs> at that point okay. and in a legal sense oh, sorry go ahead. Huh? Go, go ahead oh i was just gonna say in a legal sense um you as the author uh with your cover are protected by copyright as long as you have a contract <laughs> it might be the artist if you don't have a contract but um mm -hmm. yeah any any originally created uh visual or written work is protected by copyright at creation so mm -hmm. yeah no need for a watermark okay mike what were you gonna say uh i was just uh, i was thinking um you know back to uh you know the fantasy book covers in the 70s and 80s i'm that old um I kind of miss how artists used to sneak their signatures into the work. Yeah. Like I never see that anymore. Yeah. And I'm like I've I've uh, with I think with every artist I've talked to like hired, I'm like I'm fine with that. I'm like yeah, you can't just sort of slap a big old signature on it. But like if you want to like work it in there or if you've got a symbol or whatever that kind of works for you, like totally cool with that. But yeah. I I, miss that. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sneak it in. You know, like there are some like little glyphs along on this, on this, this thing. Mm -hmm. Just, just put, if he just would have put a JAD in there, I'd have been <laughs> thrilled with that, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, any other comments on that, Alyssa? Okay. Uh, ben had a good question, actually. I'm shocked. <laughs> what are some of your favorite book covers and book cover designs? Uh, I mean, anybody, Isaac, Mike, but I'm always particularly interested. Um, can you guys name a book or two that you just love the cover and the design? I'd actually rather hear from the artists. I can. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Alyssa? Um, right now, I'm really into Sejo Hong's covers. Um, I first saw her work. I'm I'm I feel really bad because I'm not gonna get the author and I'm not gonna get the title, but it's like a tea and poison series, two two books. 
I hope somebody can look that up right now. I'll go look it uh, up. Right somebody, now, but... somebody's, you know, somebody's looking right now. Okay, good. Because I, I do want to make sure that folks get credit for that. I just don't then know get on that. Name. Yeah. <laughs> um, if folks don't get it, I'll put it in the chat later. But uh, they really caught my eye. They're really bright and colorful and beautiful and ambient. Um, and I think for a long time, there's there's very cover, colorful like fantasy covers for a long time. And then it kind of got a little bit like dark and gritty for a little bit. And I think now we're getting back to the color stuff. So it caught my attention. I was like, oh, those is, are it, is it called a magic steeped in poison? Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. That's fan attic. Nice. To the, to the rescue. Um, and who's the, what was the artist's name again? Uh, Sija Hong. I, I hope I'm saying her name right. Uh, S-I-J-A-H-O-N-G. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Casey, do you have some favorites? Yeah, I do have some favorites. I'm one of those book collector people. Um, so I really love the uh, recent hardcover edition of Ursula Le Guin's Tales of Earthsea. It okay. has just the most gorgeous illustration on it. Um, and then in the indie sphere, um, Spiridon Ganakis is doing incredible design work on uh, indie art books mainly. He did Evan Mail Amundsen's Decade book, um, a number of just really fantastic um, examples of design in indies. What's that name again? Spiridon Ganakis. Spiridon. I love that's a great name. That's yeah. I'm putting that in my next book. <laughs> <laughs> sure, he'd love that. <laughs> Rachel, what are some of your faves? Um, well, I'm a little bit more leaning towards sort of foil covers and mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that I've seen on Kickstarter. Um, I really love the Mark of Kings um, mm. special edition and especially the typography there. Um, but also Dragon Mage. Uh, the special edition as well. I really like like the colors um, on that. There's a lot of beautiful special editions that you know are being made now. Um, so it's hard to keep up with all the different. Exactly that, yeah. And the spine is really like with the yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And then on the back is the is the yeah. same, and of course it's got the foil. Yeah. Yeah. And Zachary Giles Fred Light as well is one that. You know, a lot of people, um, when they've reached out to me, have sort of like mentioned that as, um, I don't know, like a, a base for like where they want to like go for theirs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I have to agree. It's really like nice and intricate on like the details um, and the border. And yeah, just really well done. Yeah, there's so much beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have it all, but. I, I would be poor, very, very, very poor. Um, so, Mike, do you? We've heard from the artists. Do you have any you really I, love? I'm I'm still a sucker for the old school fantasy stuff, uh, like Michael Whalen. Um, I don't know the artist. Uh, like the old Stormbringer books, uh, the Alric stuff. Uh, I I love that, and I mm -hmm. combine that aesthetic with um uh you know sort of like modern heavy metal album art and that just makes me happy right go ahead isaac and while you're while you're talking i'm going to uh grab a couple and get the, some opinions here yeah i you know i i'm obviously new to looking for artists and um designers but i would say um felix's work like on adrian's book 
um, and Rob's book. I have a copy of Pathlighter here. Um, as much as there aren't symbols on it, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the art. Um, but my all-time favorite, and I actually am embarrassed now that I haven't looked it up, but is uh, Pierce Brown's. I just loved um, the wing. Thought it was beautiful. So um, big fan of anything that's just simple and clean. So just Jonathan French won the uh, SPFBO when I was in it back in 2016 with the Gray Bastards. And this is the cover that he had by Raymond Swandland. Talk about old school, just insane kind of kind of stuff. That's that's one of the orc riders on a giant hog. Um, and that's that's what the book looked like. Then he got picked up by a traditional publisher, and he is still very angry because they did this instead of using that art. Um, With man bun. Um, and that's, you know, it's a photo, uh, re a touched up, touched up photo. And um, it's not a, I mean, what do you guys think? Is this, was, was that a terrible idea? Um, as far as art, now they're trying to make decisions as far as getting a different audience and trying to bring audience in and, and all that kind of stuff. So there is a difference in the way they look at it. Um, but what are your, what are your opinions, you know, between the two? A lot of the indie stuff just looks better to me. I, yeah. I guess we're putting more money into it than they are. You know, they're more. Well, these days, these days. Yeah. It's that's actually true. Which you know, is crazy, uh, right? There are a lot of, and for huge authors, there are a lot of really bad traditional covers. And I'm just, I am confused. Like no. they must have a bigger budget than I do. But yeah, at the, uh, I, I could understand um, artists if you'd rather not respond <laughs> and make trad, maybe make trad people angry <laughs> if you might want to work with them someday. But if you don't, I mean, what do you think between the two? Casey, do you have an I opinion? Mean, or you, would you rather plead the fifth? Oh, no. I work in video games. <laughs> we love traditional publishing. But um, yeah, yeah I, I would say it really depends on the audience they're trying to pick up. Like, yeah. I, I don't think there is anything about illustration that is inherently better than photography for marketing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think you're right, Dirk, that they, they made some uh, calculations on their end as to, and they possibly focus grouped it. Like, it's tough to say what goes on behind the screen, um, but you mm -hmm. know, they, uh, they probably had their reasons and I don't, I don't think, it necessarily makes a better or worse cover. It just depends on who you're trying to grab with it, basically. Okay. Rachel, Alyssa, any any comments? Truthfully, I mostly work on the traditional publishing side, and I that doesn't give me any particular insight into how they make those decisions per se. You know, I've always wondered myself is like, why did they pick me? You know, who who's looking at my work? Who likes my work? You know, and I have a little bit of stats on my own of like. You know, certain demographics probably like my work, but it 
yeah, I'd agree with Casey. There's probably some sort of math that lives beyond us. Um, I mean, I have a personal preference towards um, more illustrated work, but that is personal, you know, that's a yeah. subjective thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's hard to object. Now, there, we've all seen covers, however, that are objectively bad on the trad pub side and on the indie side. I know that. No, I'm not going to ask you to name any of those. But uh, Rachel, any any comment? I mean, yeah. I, I again, don't know how they sort of make their decisions um, behind the screen. <laughs> um, they obviously like have their reasons. Again, I have a personal preference between those two covers that you showed. I, I prefer obviously the more illustrated one, but again, it is so down to personal preference and personal style and what people go for and what's sort of like trending at the minute. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you see some bad covers. Um, but it's hard to know if like that is just your personal take on things like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Ray, another Rachel says, actually get a ties right in. Have any of uh, the you artists noticed um, ongoing trends or changes in trends, um, differences in indie versus drag covers um, and maybe thoughts as to why, of course you may feel you've already answered that, but. I think like um, book talk um, is definitely having, or it definitely was having a little bit of an influence uh, in terms of what was going, sort of getting shared the most on there. And then there was a big sort of lean towards similar sort of covers and similar sort of styles based on that, but it ebbs and flows um, so much. Yeah. Um, you know, it will be like, that for a couple of months and then all of a sudden it's like switched back to something else so you know it's like public opinion changes yeah. so quickly yeah i'll see i'll see covers in the trad sphere switch from illustrated to more photo uh realistic and from either of those to more iconic um symbolic symbols um either like a large symbol or you know, heavily, heavily designed, but it's all kind of just symbols. So it's not an, it's not an, uh, it's not a scene or an image of something in particular. Um, and then there was the, the kind of red and black, everything that came out was in fantasy was red and black for a long time. You probably remember that. Um, but, uh, yeah, there are, everything goes everything goes in phases and it, and it can be hard what what really sold a lot of like um fantasy romance books 5 years ago might not be what's selling a lot of, you know, fantasy romance today, right? I keep bringing up fantasy romance because even though um none of us here and most people I know don't write fantasy romance, those are the biggest selling books um in the fantasy genre mm -hmm. by far and a couple of friends i of mine do actually write that um and and do very well for themselves um uh any predictions for future trends 
in book-related art? Where do you think it's going to go next? Particularly, we're talking mostly fantasy and science fiction kind of stuff, of course. I don't know. I can't keep up. Also, I'm not on TikTok, so I'm not even on the cutting edge. So, Me neither. Yeah, I'd love to see, like... uh, I just no, watch a lot of the new releases. Come back. I'd love to get, uh, I want to hire an artist to do like an oil painting for a book cover, like yeah. screw digital, like screw AI, you know? Uh, so I think probably out of my budget, but that, that I'd love to see that sort of make a comeback, you know, I mean, really old school. Um, that's, I've, I've talked to a couple artists about doing that. And uh, most of them are like, I don't have time to hand mm-hmm. paint a book cover for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, that'd be, I'd, I'd love to do that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I really don't have any predictions. Um, only that in my belief, tread covers will get cheaper. Um, and they may even start using AI kind of stuff. There's already been some talk about about that with one of the publishers. It was a big brouhaha last week um, on social media. So um, the uh, uh, for the artists, was there a cover you are the most proud of that you've done that you've worked on? Your very favorite. So we could go look it up. I've got one um, glitched by Tiffany now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's well, it was a good one. It came together easy because we were so clear on the vision and it just, I feel like it's very striking. I love it so much. And she's great to work with too. Cool. I'm going to look for it. Yeah. Glitched. Alyssa? Uh, I've got it. Oh. Uh, so, cool. Uh, I've got it. The Empress of Soul and Fortune by Nevo. Honestly, oh, that is cool. this, was, this was really early days. Like I think I'd done under five covers when this one first came along. And I didn't know it was going to be a series when I first designed this first book. Um, so kind of I accidentally set kind of the, the template for the, the rest of the series. And it's been a really marvelous, The Singing Hill Cycle by Nevo. Um, marvelous series to work on since then. So can, I, can you hold the image a little, the illustration a little bit closer? Sorry. Uh, so it's cool. sentimental value for me, which. Yeah. It's nice. Very nice. Thank you. Rachel? Um, for me, I think. And, don't, and you don't have to say one of Ben's books. I'm not going to. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, um, doing Matt Larkin's The Ragnarok Prophecy Special Edition last year, um, I really enjoyed doing that because I really enjoyed doing like the Norse knot work and working i really like sort of norse design elements it was beautiful yeah thank you um yeah and i i just i thought when i looked at it once i'd made the mock-up i was like oh yeah like i'm really really pleased with that um yeah i think it's you know it's bold it stands out and um i really enjoyed the typography on that as well you know a lot of the times with my typography work it's um as opposed to like font manipulation i'll like ads like hand-drawn sort of swishes and everything and um so that was a really nice one that was sort of very 
organic and um, more hand-drawn than others that I've worked on. So yeah, I was pretty pleased with how it turned out. Nice. I forgot, I, I failed to uh, give the shout out to my, my typographer and designer, um, Sean T. King from STK Creations. He's got a website. He's also one of the busiest designers that I know. So don't be surprised if you either can't do it or it will be months and months and months. Yeah. And um, especially it's a good idea to give yourself six to eight months to a year to get this stuff together, uh, talking to the artists here, um, to get it going. Um, cause you never know how long it can take or what could go wrong. Um, um, so yeah, give, don't, don't try to get, you know, don't do what Mike had to do and have to scrounge and find somebody new and get something going within a week and have it done like a week after that. <laughs> yeah. That's no fun. Yeah. No I think that's super, fun. super important, um, to add on to that. Cause yeah, I've had, um, a few offers reach out to me and like their timeline is super short and I'm like, I'm sorry, but I just can't help you right now. Yeah. Whereas if I had a little bit more time to, um, you know, like fit it into my schedule, then totally. So give yourself as much time as possible to really focus on what you need to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, and then find out what's possible. That's smart. One, one thing that I have noticed, um, that new artists getting into it, they get all excited and they're like, wow, this is awesome. And they take off they take on more than they can chew um, very early on. And you guys might have, I'm sure have more to, so they'll schedule themselves far too tightly thinking they can get more done. Cause they just like, this is working. I could make a living doing this. Um, but if they end up being two, three months late um, word spreads, you know, um, and that, and that, that can hurt. That can hurt if that, if that happens. So if there are any, um, um just starting designers or, or or artists out there that's some something something to keep in mind um if you're good you'll be okay people will come to you and keep coming to you don't don't try to and uh, uh try to be very realistic and it's okay to say yeah i can do this but it, it's going to be august before i can start it and probably first week of september before i can finish it you know it's okay to do that um but and then people either will say, all right, and you might be surprised how many do, the ones that are experienced and have been around and know. Um, uh, and the ones that get all pissed off and run away um, might not be people you want to work with in the first place, right? Um, so it's 8.30. We did it. Um, anything else you want to say? Isaac. Pitch your book to us. Tell us where, where, when, and where can they find it? <laughs> well, it's uh, just going through its last edit. So once I get a, once I get a final cover, um, it'll be up on Amazon. Um, you can sign up to my newsletter, and I'll let you know when it's ready You're for pre-order pre at Isaac Hill Author. Yep, yep. Put it up as soon as it's Isaac Hill Author.com. Okay, and uh, you'll. You'll have a pre-order link up and, and everything on Amazon. Awesome. Mike, what do you got coming out? Uh, I think the next thing will be Dust of the Dead. Uh, I got like another week to wrap up first draft and then into edits and 
is that first in a new series or one uh, of the yeah, so what i'm what i'm doing with this one it's a standalone uh oh, okay. the plan is to write a bunch of standalones in the same world mm-hmm. um just because just to take a break from trilogies because by right yeah i'm always losing my mind but um, michaelrfletcher.com i'm around my newest thing that came out is a is a is a co-authorship with David Estes. Kraken Rider Z um, is out now. Came out in November. Book two will be out this November. Fingers crossed. Um, and that is more Sean T. King typography and design. And the art is by uh, Daniel Kamarudin, um, who is very very good at this style. And several other styles as well, uh, and that is that is on Amazon right now. Um, and then there's the Paternus trilogy, which I've shown everybody. That's up, including a full trilogy compilation ebook on Amazon, and a, and uh, the entire trilogy in one audiobook on Audible. So, so that's me. Um, thank you, everybody. Rachel, Casey, Alyssa, anything else you want to add? for where we did kind of talk about where people can find you, but anything else you want to jump in with? Uh, I'll plug the next book I cover coming out. I think okay. Red Sight by Meredith Mooring comes out February 27th. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Space, space magic. Pretty neat. I didn't get the manuscript for it, so I'm excited to read it too. Oh, good. <laughs> find out. Good. That's exciting. I'm sure for the author, knowing that you're excited to read a book. <laughs> Casey? Yeah, I don't have anything to plug, but um, for those of you who are publishing a book, I'm very excited for you. It's super fun. Um, and yeah, scary. good luck. Wishing you all the best. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thanks. Rachel? Yeah, I mean, I'm working on a few Kickstarters right now, but I don't want to say too much about them because they haven't gone live or pre-launched or whatever. So um, keep an eye out. I'll be around, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, what social media are you on, um, artists? I'm mostly on uh, Twitter and Instagram, but mostly Twitter um, at Claymore Covers. Yeah. Okay. Casey? Yeah, I pretty famously dislike social media. I don't okay. post a lot, but I am on ArtStation, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you're welcome to follow me if you feel the need. Okay. Alyssa? I have a Twitter and an Instagram, but I'm probably most active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Ala, A-L-A Winans. I found you today. Oh, thanks. And, Great. And, and tagged you in a post. Authors are easier to find. Because, you know, we're shilling things constantly. Um, uh, I know Isaac is on everything. Mike's on everything, pretty much. Um, All right. Well, we better go. It's 835. Thank you, Fan Fiatic, for having us. And thank you all for putting up with me um, for this. Um, Best of luck in everything. I'm sure I'll be talking to at least a few of you. again very soon um but thanks thanks again <laughs>